0: to go about it write it out and find it myself and there's some stories
1: i can tell you I had to this is the final word daily for advanced hair studio with me daniel norcross and test back specials henry moran well it's over we've not got much left in the tank to give but we're going to try although i think henry moran is about to do the easiest describe the day in 30 seconds uh, that has ever been handed out. Henry, come on, go for it. Let's see what you do. Right, I'm going to really drag it out. So England arrived. They decided to take the medium of
0: bus to get to the ground. Oh, no. They stepped off the bus, coffees in hand, walked into the ground and generally warmed up, got ready to go. And the partnership that was unbroken overnight headed out to the middle, stretched around a bit, prodded about a bit, then started smacking it around and they got their job done inside an hour and a half. It looked ridiculously easy. England level the series and suddenly everything that seems normal and real about Chris Cricket has just gone out the window.
1: Perfect. Yes. Okay. So how are we going to try to sum this up? I'm going to, I'm going to do it through the medium of numbers because you people know I like numbers. You like numbers. Where am I going to start? Okay. Johnny Bairstow today got his second hundred, unbeaten hundred, his second of the match. That's his sixth hundred in eight Tests, all of them in 2022. He's got 994 runs at 76.4. These are the most number of hundreds by a number five or lower in a calendar year. Michael Clark got five in 2013. We're only in, what, the beginning of July. There are three tests against South Africa, three tests against Pakistan, so quite nice pitches in Pakistan, Johnny Bairstow might like. OK, Joe Root, 1100s in 24 tests since 2021. In this calendar year, he's got 927 runs. So far, we're still in July, right? Since January... January 2021, he has scored 2,635 runs (laughs) at an average of 61.2 series. Let's look at the series. Joe Root finished the series with 737 runs at an average of 105.28. That's the fifth most number of runs by any Englishman in a home series. Okay. Uh, Johnny Berstow, uh, what 500... And, oh, sorry, I should finish on Joe Root. 569 runs this summer at an average of 113.8. Johnny Bairstow, 614 runs at 102.33 this summer, but he had three failures right at the beginning, didn't he? Mm. Well, in his last five knocks, he's hit 400s and a 70. He's had a couple of unbeaten knocks in there. He's got 589 runs in those at an average of 196.
0: And quicker than a run ball.
1: Uh, oh, yes, quicker than a run ball. Today, England chased down their 119 runs that they needed. Quite nervy, quite edgy, very really grey, gloomy, not very nice out there. Uh, Neil Manthorpe said on commentary, I started my career here in Birmingham. He said, you arrive on a day like this, the ball would hoop around all over the place. It was a wickets day. Well, England got the 119 runs in 118 balls. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't really know what to say. Uh, What can
0: you say? I've got one more stat for you to throw in there, which is that uh, when Virat Kohli went on this barren run that he's still on in terms of centuries scored in in all formats of cricket, Joe Root had scored 16 Test Match Centuries. That was in 2019. Root was on 16. Kohli was on 27. In the intervening time, Root has now moved to 28 Test Centuries. Kohli remains on 27. It's an extraordinary shift in, in form between the two, well, two of the big four, if you like
1: it is really really extraordinary and he's now taken his tally of overall runs to about 10,450 odd Mm. I mean we remember him scoring his 10,000th run the other day and doing features on it on Test Match Special Mm. it's absolutely (laughs) berserk Um, a word or two though about the ball because I'm not going to give you many more stats but this one I think is germane because I also feel a bit for India I think They've arrived in the country. They've been slightly hijacked by completely different conditions. Last year, they played four test matches with a very responsive ball on pitches that had a bit in them as well. And, you know, we remember at Headingley, they were bowled out for double figures very early on, 78 or something bizarre. They managed to do the same thing back to England. They were getting nip off the surface. The older ball was reversing. Shardell Tucker was vital. Bumrah was almost unplayable. Well, this ball across the whole summer, from overs 1 to 30 averages 28 runs per wicket, which is slightly lower than the average last year oh, yeah. for runs per wicket. Yeah.
0: Interesting. OK, right. So yeah. it was offering more. Yeah.
1: But then. But then over oh, 31 to 80 goes at 58 runs per wicket. And that, if you don't mind me saying so, has been very much helped by India's slap dash batting in the third innings where they well, they lost seven wickets yesterday for, for very few. So if you took that out of the equation, I think the average is about 68 per wicket. So uh, last year, that average was 32, uh, 32 and a half. So you can see that this ball gets very, very soft. So England decided that they were going to bat first. uh, They were going to bowl first, I beg your pardon, because they kind of know already that a target that one side might think is more than enough, let's call it 378, (laughs) (laughs) the highest total England has ever chased in a test match to win a game in the fourth innings. was absolutely nowhere near enough I'm not sure 500 would have been enough Henry
0: you know Ben Stokes in his post-match interviews said something remarkable he said there was part of me that was hoping we'd be chasing 450 just to test and stretch our legs a little bit I mean how can this be happening how are teams talking about this sort of cricket is it just the services is it just the balls well both sides are playing with them England have done this now to New Zealand and to India and I threw out on social media and there was a few that, that came back at me and said well you're wrong you're an idiot and The idea that I've sort of posited is that the last five weeks could have fundamentally changed chess cricket forever because will a side now on a clear blue day at Lords with a flat pitch and runs aplenty be brave enough to bat first knowing that say England or another side if, if this approach is adopted elsewhere won't be able to chase it down by following a one day approach in the fourth innings. This could shift everything that we know about how teams approach Test match cricket and suddenly... Nothing seems impossible. England chasing 220 a year ago <coughs> on the final day would have seemed ludicrous, or in the final innings would have seemed ludicrous. Now you look at 3 seven, 8 and even when they lost three wickets for the loss of two runs, you suddenly thought, well, that's OK. They'll be all right. They'll get through this, and they'll build a partnership again. It's an extraordinary shift to the fundamentals of a game that has been largely the same for
1: 150 years. It's berserk. I mean, I think it's a perfect storm. There's a bit to do with the balls. It's a bit to do with the pitches. It's a bit to do with the fact that England are playing to their strengths. Brendan McCullum has decided he's not going to scratch around. He's not going to have a sort of Dom Sibley, Rory Burns approach because he looks at his side and he thinks, well, the strength we've got is our white ball players. So we're going to play white ball cricket. It's worth pointing out, though, this will not always work. There will be games where it falls
0: horribly on its face, and it could easily have been in this match had Ben Stokes come out yesterday if Root or though had been dismissed and the ball beat the edge a few times and Stokes had played aggressively and got out himself, England had got a long tail and could have lost this game by a couple of hundred runs. So it isn't always going to work. The question is the psychology of teams. How brave will they be? How much will they have in the back of their mind when they're thinking about a declaration in the third innings? Well, OK, well, yeah, we could normally... In- years gone by I've thought 350 is going to be well beyond the side in five sessions suddenly they're thinking well is 350 going to be enough to defend in three and that absolutely shifts entirely how we look at the game but of course this is unproven different services and different cricket balls so look it is a small sample size but it really does feel like we're seeing something quite remarkable
1: It really does. I mean, I'm I'm utterly bewildered by it. I I come in to do my stints on radio. The idea is I'm supposed to have a degree of expertise and I'm analysing the game like an old man. I feel I feel like I'm absolutely nowhere near getting any of these things right, which is slightly alarming for me. Right. You talked about bravery. Mm. Joe Leach, uh, Joe Leach, Jack Leach, (laughs) Joe Leach plays for Worcestershire. Jack Uh, Leach, (laughs) Jolene, Jolene
0: was in a famous song by Dolly Parton.
1: That's also correct. I'm talking about the uh, bespectacled and uh, slightly bald Mm. Jack Leach. Yes, Jack Leach is reported to have said to um, Ben Stokes. Look, look, boss, look, Skip, we may not be the best team Mm. when we play and we'll be up against some sides that are better than us. But we'll be the braver team and we'll be the bravest team. And I wasn't quite sure I understood precisely what what he meant by that. But I I think it means bowl full of lengths and try and get people out. Try and turn the ball hard. Try and go out there and put pressure on the bowlers when you go out to bat. Trust yourself. And Alex Lees yesterday played reverse sweeps out of the rough off Ravindra Jadeja, a man who was averaging 24 with the ball in the last four years or something ridiculous um, he then danced down the wicket to him didn't he and plonked him over his head Alex Lees so I suppose it's kind of be the best version of yourself Johnny Bairstow I, I've never heard of an interview with Johnny Bairstow when he sounded so happy he's usually a relatively pugnacious fellow and he's usually got quite a few points to prove well he's proven them all here hasn't he um, throughout this summer and he just said yeah. a beautiful beautiful tone in his voice he said "Aggers, it's just great crack it's just really good fun. I mean, it is really good fun. And if you create an atmosphere where everybody just enjoys themselves, then I suppose you're going to get better at something. But you're right. I mean, at some point they'll fall flat on their face, surely. But but so I guess the answer to that is, so what teams lose games of cricket? It's just that England had only won one of their previous 17 coming into this summer. <laughs> we talked at the start of the summer and said, you know, I love test cricket, but I'm really sort of gearing up to watching A very one series of one-sided contests as New Zealand and India the two world test championship finalists followed by rejuvenated South Africa they could win all seven against England (laughs) well could England win all seven instead I mean there's
0: possibly spare a thought for Chris Silverwood the former England coach who spent a torrid winter watching England lose and lose and lose against first Australia and then West Indies and is thinking well with largely the same players how is this now happening and I remember when Trevor Bayliss became the England head coach and things started to shift in the white ball game initially. And then there were wins as well along the way in the test side. And there was a suggestion from one member of the the media fraternity that if what he's doing is creating good atmosphere, surely it would be cheaper to buy a yucca plant, some whale noise and a scented candle. But it isn't it isn't quite that, is it? Because we we know that what Brendan McCullum is doing, the whole ethos of sunglasses on, foot resting on the balcony, smile on the face when players play big shots, it's creating an atmosphere Mm. where success is not necessarily something to uh, to think about in terms of you've got to do hit this metric, hit that metric. But actually, success comes from the freedom to play your game. And what will likely follow is that you're going to be good enough to uh, to win games of cricket. There will be defeats along the way for this England side. Any side that plays like that, high octane cricket, is going to lose games of cricket. That is just inevitably going to be the case. But if they do it with a smile on their face, they're going to bounce back an awful lot quicker than a side that is sitting there analysing what exactly went wrong and wondering if they're about to get dropped.
1: India, they do have to analyse a little bit mm. of what went wrong because they've just conceded England's highest ever run chase. And they, England have done it with only three wickets down. Were their tactics a bit wonky? Uh, were they just undercooked? Because they, you know, they've only been in the country very... <laughs> Briefly, Jasper Bummer was keen to point out that he didn't think it was the approach that was wrong. He said, you know, whatever works for England can do for England. But no, we're not going to emulate that. We just, we played very well for large parts of the game. We were on top for large parts of the game. And then we didn't play very well. They didn't play very well in the third innings. And he thinks they didn't bowl particularly well. And if you do that against a couple of incredibly informed world-class batters, then you'll get punished. Is that fair, or was there something... I mean, he's only captured the one game. Was there something that was glaringly obvious that he should have done differently?
0: For me, the game was lost for India on the fourth day. Firstly, they came into the day with a very healthy lead, over 200, and a big partnership potentially to be built between Pujara and Pant. And when those wickets fell, They tumbled away badly when they could have batted England out of the game. And I know Ben Stokes speaks about 450 and, you know, we could have stretched our legs and whatever else. But there was the potential it could have been a lead of 500.
1: And and, and that would have been a second new ball. India would then have had a second new ball.
0: Indeed. And there are all sorts of other elements. And England's bowlers would have been demoralised, knackered, could have been out there for even longer. The whole ethos and the the sort of sense around the game changes. So I think perhaps that was a a huge error with the bat to to not be quite as, uh, I I, I suppose, conscious of, of the accumulation as they could have been some odd shots to get out in that second innings for India and also I think with the ball It was a really odd phase of play when England had that partnership building between Root and Bairstow and Bumrah's Fields just seemed to be so easy for them to work the ball around and it was the classic Joe Root innings you look up and suddenly he's on 50. Not a huge amount of boundaries necessarily but it was just a case of accumulation too many gaps. It was a weird field and it was just very easy for England to rebuild. Suddenly that ball gets soft after 30 overs and you know what happens then all hell breaks loose.
1: Yeah there were singles galore at one stage it was sort of seven over patch where England only hit a couple of boundaries but still scored 46 runs which is yeah, that hints that there was something a little bit wrong with, with the fielding approach look it's uh, I don't know what to say I'm, I'm, I'm flabbergasted I'm open mouthed and I'm amazed uh, I half expected that England would chase it down but at the same time my logical brain said it can't happen the history of cricket doesn't allow for it to happen I'm just having to recalibrate everything I know when watching England and I'll be fascinated to see how they get on against South Africa but It is now time, Henry, for the final. Certainly for this game, at any rate. There will be more final word dailies. But for probably the last time that we're going to get to do this tango together before Adam Collins gets back and and joins up with Jeff Levin. Thank you very much, by the way. We've thoroughly enjoyed ourselves. It is the Advanced Hair Studio Hall of Fame. So, Advanced Hair Studio. Dot com forward slash the final word you go there. You can get 15% off the hundred percent guaranteed world-leading hair replacement therapy uh, I'm I'm really very keen on this now. I I would quite like to be an experimental model for this I mean I say experimental the experiment won't be as to whether it works It'll be as to whether I can get any TV gigs off the back of it
0: Well, what would you go for if you did have a full head of hair? Ah. If you go long and lustrous, I'm thinking early days MS Dhoni, or would you go maybe the, the quiff of Yusvindra Chahal, or would you go the mullet of early Shane Warne?
1: I'm not doing any mullets. That's absolutely bang out of order. And I'm not doing that thing that Jeff does when he has it shaved down the side. I see myself more in the kind of Robert Redford in Butch Cassidy and the Sundance <laughs> Kid. I think that would suit me, don't yeah. you think? Yeah, I mean, massively. Or maybe a perm. Or maybe Sting rocks <laughs> sorry that's probably broken the machine anyway advancedhairstudio.com forward slash the final word 15% off get onto it right now if you would like to have more hair and look a bit more like Henry so Henry it's very hard to know what to nominate for it today because basically like almost every ball was, a, was an event of, of wonder uh, where are you going to go it's your choice
0: I'm going to go with Joe Root playing the reverse paddle over his shoulder of a six of Shardel Thakur in the manner dare I say of Rishabh Pant against Jimmy Anderson last year in India it felt like a game changer for Test cricket that shot but now we've seen Root do it twice this year and it just felt like almost a charity game of well let's see what I can do I know we've had a bit of fun here I've blocked a few here but I might as well show you who I'm a pro here let's just send it over the ropes and away we go that for me just it spelt <laughs> Out exactly what this England side has become which is confident arrogant to an extent and fully believing in what they can do and what they can achieve to think that you would see Joe Root reverse scooping it for six on the final day in a successful chase of 378 if somebody had said that to me <laughs> two months ago
1: I would have thought it was a, th- a fever dream it's, it's extraordinary yeah it does feel a bit like that I, I'm going to put in one other nomination which is Besto on 98 and uh while well, he stayed on 98 for a while and as Root was smashing some fours, he started to wonder is he actually going to get the chance to get his hundred and he played out a maiden against jadeja but jadeja was probably into the footmarks and it was as if to say yeah you know we do the basball stuff but we also do the no i'm not going to get out playing a stupid shot are you out of your mind i'm on 98 i want 100. i very much enjoyed that mm. um i think it's time for us to wrap up it's yeah. been it's been lovely it's doing, been the, doing, the, doing the Fandango with you, darling. Oh,
0: sweetie, it's been a joy. Mm. We've had such fun. We've seen a great game of cricket between two great sides. There is no more exciting game of cricket for me than two test, uh, two test sides really going at it hammer and tongs. We've seen that. India, thrilling side to watch. England are becoming increasingly brilliant, it would seem. And what a treat it's been.
1: Four different record-breaking run chases in the first four test matches of this summer. And do you know what? No one's had to pay a single penny to watch any of them. What a crazy game! From Daniel Norcross, from Henry Moran, and for the final word team, for now, goodbye.
0: I had to go.